This is Jello Biafra. If you're tired of the OCA, Walt Disney, Westinghouse, General Electric, and police departments telling you what you should listen to, stay tuned in to KBOO Portland, listener-sponsored, non-commercial community radio, 90.7 on your FM dial unless your FM was made in America. KBOO Community Radio is a proud co-sponsor of the 39th Annual Ceramic Showcase and Gathering of the Guilds on Friday, May 6th through Sunday, May 8th at the Oregon Convention Center in Portland. The Ceramic Showcase features gallery exhibits, artist booths, and clay demonstrations. Again, that's the 39th Annual Ceramic Showcase and Gathering of the Guilds on Friday, May 6th through Sunday, May 8th at the Oregon Convention Center in Portland. More information can be found at kboo.fm on the right side of the homepage under Community Events. dedicate today's show to Jim Hibbert, artist, community builder, art professor, master printmaker, and loving and devoted parent and friend. Jim rode his bicycle daily from Northwest Portland to Portland State University at a time when no bicycle lanes or anything resembling bicycle infrastructure existed in Portland. He was also among the organizers of early bike protest and ride, calling for resources to be directed at making cycling in the city safer and more common. Thank you, Jim, for your good work. We will take a short musical break, and when we come back, Nedra Deadweiler will talk with some of the organizers and participants of the Tour de Lunsar, a yearly event that takes place in Sierra Leone. 
was the band Mui Power singing Ben Ben B, song from Sierra Leone, the country we are featuring today. Our first guest today will be Tom Owen, journalist who will speak about the Tour de Lunsar, the bicycle race and celebration in Sierra Leone. Our first guest is journalist Tom Owen, who has covered the race and has been involved in its development. Everybody knows his, his, his nickname, which is Stylish. And 
He's a bike mechanic and um, the founder of the Fraudulent Star. And when I met him, he was working as the mechanic for that trip organised by Street Child, the, the cycle challenge. And um, yeah, he just said, listen, I, I run a cycling club. It would be great if you could help me with a few things. We really want to get jerseys and we need better bikes. And I was just like really, really happy to to say, yeah, I'll do, do what I can. And that began with kind of a sort of sister club kind of relationship between the club that he ran in Lunsar and the one that I was a member of in London. And my club mates in London, we did various little fundraisers and put together money for for little bits of kit and, and eventually we managed to get enough to pay for the first set of matching cycling kit of any club in Sierra Leone um, and we shipped them over to, to Lunsar and they're still racing in that kit today and it's let me tell you it's looking pretty worn out now but <laughs> yeah it's just um, it's sort of snowballed from that first trip and now I'm, I'm deep into it yeah so I guess the thing that's developed the most in my my professional life since since that point is I started an agency so now I run a marketing agency that specialises in cycling and, and we treat the Lunsar cycling team and the Tour de Lunsar which is the race that they organise we treat that as our sort of pro bono client I have a team of people in the UK that work for me full time um, and they are all very engaged with the Tour de Lunsar so um, members of that team are um, Oscar and Luke they were the guys who were involved with the kind of social media side of it this year and that involved them being based here in the UK where we all where we all live and um, kind of gathering as much content as they could from people on the ground and sharing that out to the world by the by the team's social media channels but then in addition one of the really exciting things we did this year was we um, we engaged um, a fantastic um, British Sierra Leonean writer blogger um, curator called Yasmin Metz Johnson and we asked her to find some local talent some people who um, are creatives of some some kind and we brought them along um, to the race this year and, and the stuff that they got for us was just amazing it was a great insight I mean I think all of that team there were a team of five in total they were all brand new to bike racing but you know that that brings a kind of a fantastic different slant on things um, and so yeah that's a relationship we're really looking to build in the years to come and, and um, the final part of the puzzle is probably the most important part I shouldn't have left until the end but um, he's a photographer called Matt Grayson um, he's he's just a good friend of mine and he donates his time um, again Fausto as a company we cover the cost of his trip but he donates his, his time and his expertise and if you have already if your listeners have seen a photograph of the Tour sides almost certainly been taken by Matt Grayson either this year or last year
20 minutes. I mean, this is the part that you rode, so you, you personally have experience at this kind of, um, it's effectively a neutralised start, a non-competitive start that starts in the centre of Freetown at the National Stadium, and that is just a riot for about an hour. It's just, um, this race has gone straight through the, the daily traffic, um, we're on the main highways, the police did as good a job as I think they could of kind of um, sanitizing that, but you're still going through the capital city of a West African country with no road closure um, and, and all the kind of attendant energy and, and, and stuff that goes with that, but they were just in love with it right from the start because they're Freetonians, they're not from Moonsaw, they're, they're, they live in Freetown, so um, they were getting to see a side of their city maybe they hadn't seen before or certainly seen something happen in their city that they hadn't believed would be possible.
everything. So what we do is we we back him up, and when he needs um, when he needs specific support that kind of falls within our um, remit, we we give that and we give it as quickly as we can. So that might be um, building a website for the team. It might be helping him prepare a press release that he can send out to media, either in in Sierra Leone. Um, which is something we really worked on this year or in the past we've kind of targeted cycling media around the world and um, one of the really big impactful things that we can do and that Matt Grayson's photography allows us to do is we can pitch you know um, to endemic cycling media websites like Cycling Tips, Cycling News Ruler um, and we can say look we've got this story we can tell it and, and, and we already have those relationships in place whereas if you were um, a young kind of hopeful aspirant um, sports journalist living in Freetown I don't know if you would get the same kind of reception as we do as a kind of known entity within the cycling industry based here in the UK
time I came back in 2021, science and sport had got involved, and that was not a relationship that, that we created. Um, it was started by a cyclist in Freetown called Tennessee Dixon, who initially reached out to the CEO of science and sport and established that relationship. And that started with a small crowdfunder to buy tubes and tyres for Tennessee's club, which is called Flames Cycling Team. And I guess where Fausto came in then was kind of getting our little crowbar out and saying, listen, man, we think you can give us more than <laughs> these tubes. And so I worked with, with Karim on a budget for a, for a race that would be three days long and have a women's race and a junior race separately on a different day. So four days of bike racing where it had previously been one. And that was, um, that was massive. I mean, no, no other single thing has made such an impact as, as the as the entry of science and sport into this into this race and they've been fantastic as soon as the twenty twenty one edition wrapped, they said count us in for next year and um, I'm really happy to say that we've had the same confirmation for twenty twenty three. So they're, you know, fully committed to at least one more year of, of title sponsorship in the race. So yeah, that's the biggest thing. And I, I wouldn't say that we can take any credit for it because it, it's down to the kind of persistence and tenacity of this guy Tennessee in Freetown and also the vision of, of the CEO of Science Sport, um, Stephen Moon. Good news story cycling was 
they have a massive race. It's, you know, one of the kind of, well, it's the lodestar in terms of like African bike racing, the Tour de Rwanda, and they've invested heavily in it. They've done things like cut tax on cycling products, so it's easier to import things into that country. And we need to knock down some doors, basically, and, and proving that there's an international audience, showing up, following on social media, um, all these things help. Totally, you're absolutely right, and I think one one thing to remember is that this is a, an extremely young country in terms of um, uh, both in terms of how many years it, since it gained independence, but also in terms of just the the, the kind of average age of a Sierra Leone. And, and what we have now is we have the first generation of white races. Now, it's a little bit harsh to say because if you ask anyone that was in the competing in Tour de Lanza, they'll tell you. I want to be a pro cyclist and, and, and the reality is it might be a little bit late for them um, in terms of the development that they would need to go through to get to the professional ranks of, of, of cycling it's unrealistic but what they are is they're our generation of coaches they're our generation of leaders they're the, the generation that are going to guide Sierra Leone cycling to the point where yeah why why wouldn't there be a Sierra Leone in the Tour de France why wouldn't Sierra Leone compete at the Olympics like these are real achievable things these are the kind of goals if you like that's what we're trying to achieve and that was tom owen journalist and cycling promoter speaking about the tour de lunsar a yearly race and celebration that takes place in sierra leone and co-host nedra deadweiler was there this year participating and interviewing we will take another musical break and when we come back Nedra will speak with her second guest Al-Hadli Marouf Safi Secretary General of the Tour de Lumsar
to the bike show and that was the band Sabanoa 75 singing Conco. The band is from Sierra Leone, the country we are featuring in today's show, speaking about the Tour de Lonsar, a race and a celebration that takes place in Sierra Leone. Our next guest is Al-Hajji Marouf Safi, Secretary General of the Tour de Lonsar. Hello Marouf, thank you for joining us. It was a pleasure meeting you in Sierra Leone in Lunsar during the cycle race. And I'm wondering if you will introduce yourself to the audience. Um, share, share with us your name and your role with Lunsar Cycle. Yes, yeah, so thank you so much for the opportunity. I am uh, Al Marufsi, a native born of Lunsar, uh, of course, a Sierra Leonean. I am the Secretary General for South Lunsar. So as a Secretary General of the Tour de Lonsar, what what was your work? What were you responsible for? Mm, uh, I have so much to do in organizing <laughs> the race, um, especially in writing letters to, to all invited clubs, including um, our local sponsors, people that supported us. And um, I was also charged with the responsibility of um, um, organizing green certificates that was during and after the tour. Um, how many clubs are there in Sierra Leone? We have about um, we have over um, over fourteen clubs mm. because um, we have two in Lonsar and we even have more, but only two participated, and um, other people came from other towns like um, Kono Cycling, Akini Cycling, Loco Cycling, uh, and so on. So we have well over 14 um, local cycling clubs. Yeah, that's a, that's a good number um, in, one, in one location uh, or in one country. I didn't realize there were up to 14 and plus. Um, we saw, so our, our group experienced um, I think had a lot of interaction with some of the clubs, not all of them. Um, and who, I guess, out of the 14 who participated in this race, um, are there, were the teams kind of consistent? Would you say there were some stronger teams, some teams that are more, um, that are in the building process, the building stage of their team? Where, where, are, the, where are the cycling clubs in their development? Yes, um, a lot of teams do participate in this year's tour. Especially, we got about um, four teams from Freetown that participated, two from Lunsar. And um, I saw the teams coming from Freetown. I think their output was much more stronger than the one that done last year. Last year, they scrambled a lot. And, uh, but uh, we saw tennis in Dixon. From Flame Cycling Club in Freetown, who was like, um, who, who got the best timing? I think the, the second best timing for the tour. Uh, so you've been with the tour. Was this your first year, or how long have you been a part of supporting the tour? Well, I think I have been the Secretary General for the past two years mm. um, for um, Tour de Lunsar. And over those three years that you've been working with the tour, um, how, what has, have there been any, any changes within um, the tour itself? Has it grown larger? Um, has it gotten more competitive? Have you seen any trends? Of course, the tour um, has become so competitive here in Sierra Leone because of 
are preparing for the tour. A lot of training and, um, of course, that shows in their total output. We saw um, different clubs, you know, making up the final pack. And that shows how competitive it has been uh, ever since I joined. Because for every year, the race keeps improving from um, one stage to another. And it has been so interesting that uh, it is becoming a national event here. Everybody is so excited to see it all the roadside. And uh, I am very much pleased to serve as a presenting general. Yeah, <laughs> I will be pleased to be a part of something that brings the whole country together. I've learned a lot about Sierra Leone on my visit, just that it was at one point in time the number one tourist destination in West Africa. Um, learned a lot about the history and also that um, although the tour or Sierra Leone, the tour is not a part of UCI just yet, that there's a lot of competitive cycling in on the continent of Africa. So just like, you know, thinking about um, what, you know, how it unites the country, the whole thing of being able to bring people in to visit like us, you know, multiple, multiple large groups of people coming in for the tour. Do you see this as being something that's like on international to reach those international audiences? Yes, of course, because, um, Um, every cell is the casual one. 
because a lot of people do like to cycle for health benefits. Mm. But um, now um, the thing has taken a different trajectory because we begin to see the, the clubs, the cycling clubs we have, they're doing their level best to make sure they have their own um, cyclists to partake and to train very hard, especially when they know they have to race in the third alongside. So it has become so, so interesting over here in Sierra Leone in recent years. Mm, that sounds great. Um, before we end, um, I have two questions for you. One is, how did you get involved in cycling? Are you yourself a cyclist? Did you ever race? Um, honestly speaking, I do cycle for um, on casual basis, but I have never raced in any cycling events. Mm -hmm. But um, I was because of the passion, because of the love also I have for cycling. I I, I do cycle on weekends, and I was called upon by Karim to assist with you know the light ups. So that is how I get myself involved in cycling, and I'm so excited to be. Yeah. Um, that is awesome. And I guess not everybody needs to cycle. There's got to be someone that helps hold things together. So, um, and I think my, my next question, my last question for you would be, um, what do you, as in your position, um, what are ways that, I guess, other groups, you know, and other cycle organizations, other people who are interested in racing, what can they do to support um, the tour? and its continuation yes um of course a lot we are still faced with um, so many challenges irrespective of the gains we are making in recent years and i'm sure um cycling clubs all over can come in and make this particular sport much more bigger here in Sierra Leone by supporting i think um um by supporting the tour so that it will go to UCI level and um, equally they can also come in, um, in by supporting individual clubs that are coming from the length and breadth of Sierra Leone. I think by so doing it will really make the sport so so exciting for all and um, it will really give us uh, the platform to participate in bigger competitions globally. Mm, yeah, that sounds real amazing. Um, yes. And I guess also, to just to wrap it up, is there anything else that you would like to share with us about um, your experience with the race? Well, um, not too much, but I think, of course, I did experience a lot as secretary. Of course, um, we are still, as I rightly say, it has been amazing working in that capacity here for me, um, especially when... Um, I have not cycled professionally, but um, I have learned a lot during the past years um, about the sport, what it means to cycle, and um, the health benefit, the gains it has. Yeah, it, is, it is obviously a very new uh, sport here that has not gained that kind of a global attention. Yeah. We've only had uh, Deborah, who is still struggling to have his international contract fixed up with the club in Germany, and... Um, we're beginning to see that um, if and only if the sport um, has got its UCI recognition globally, and I think it will be so fine um, for us here in Sierra Leone. Um, hopefully, Deborah will get over to Germany sometime soon. Um, and I guess if people were to arrive in Sierra Leone, what would what should they see? What would you recommend people see and do? <laughs> Should they get on a bike and, well, like, travel city to city? Like, yeah. Uh, well, um, obviously, if uh, people travel to Sierra Leone, I would recommend, I would like them to really experience um, the climatic conditions, especially with cycling. I would like them to see them experiencing cycling maybe from one town to another. I would like them to have the experience of cycling maybe from three towns to the provinces. I would really love them. Um experienced um, provincial cycling in general mm. yeah that's um and that was and I would say that's really excellent because some of the questions that people have asked me was how you know how are the roads how how was it how easy was it to get around and I was just like the roads are you know the ones that are paved are really they're better than the roads here 
and the ones that aren't like if you you can still cycle on them and that it was you know navigating traffic in Freetown was not terrible like it wasn't a big deal people it was easy to get through just kind of going with the flow and understanding how cars move how people move everybody is there together really enjoyed cycling around the different areas that we cycle to and from so best way to see the city is definitely by bike i agree with you on that yeah, it was, it was so good talking to you, Maru. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. It's a pleasure. And that was Alhaji Maru Safi, Secretary General of the Tour de Lunsar, the race we have been featuring today, a race that takes place in Sierra Leone. I'd like to thank our guests, Tom Owen and Alhaji Maru Safi, and my co-host, Nedra Deadweiler. My name is Alon Rob. Thank you for joining us today. We will leave with Abdul TJ and Rokoto, musicians from Sierra Leone, singing Fire Dumbolo.
Radio Portland. Coming up next is Jazz Lives, right after these news headlines. Bienvenidos a un breve informativo en su estación comunitaria KBOO 90.7 FM. Hoy miércoles 4 de mayo del 2022. En medio de la pandemia, el Programa Mundial de Alimentos de la Organización de las Naciones Unidas dice que alrededor de 4,5 millones de toneladas de granos están atrapadas en Ucrania debido al bloqueo de Rusia de los puertos ucranianos en el Mar Negro. La ONU ha estado advirtiendo durante semanas que la guerra en 